Welcome back to Poison for Profit. I'm Zach. And I'm Nick. And we've got a very special episode tonight. <laughs> it is the first episode in our new uh, series of episodes. Nick's going to kick us off with his series tonight. And I guess, yeah, you know, um, before, you know, I don't want to <laughs> spoil too much. So, Nick, I'll let you take it from here. Yeah, uh, I'm just going to quick introduce the series is going to be, I think I said this in another episode, but for those that don't know, it's just these companies, they always come out, claim they're doing X, Y, Z. Let's see how they are actually doing at those things. So tonight we're going to be starting with uh, BP, which I think everyone has heard of, uh, British Petroleum. They're quite often in the news, uh, if you don't know them, from their Deepwater Horizon incident. Not exactly what you would think of as a green company. No, probably, uh, you know, probably the, the oil and gas. Yeah, the antithesis of, like, environmental stewardship. Right, of course. And they're trying, like many companies nowadays, to say we are going net zero. Uh, so they came out with a report in 2022 about this. Uh, so that's what we're going to be going through tonight. first popularized the term carbon footprint do i know who uh i don't actually it was actually good old bp (laughs) british petroleum they uh went to a public relations professional the ogilvy and mather to promote basically get the fact that climate change is their fault off of them and put it onto the consumer Makes so sense. they developed this uh term that they popularized carbon footprint uh they revealed in 2004 so <laughs> yeah that, uh, i mean uh that makes definite sense uh, <laughs> i mean yeah the, the whole concept of footprint is for people to minimize it right with their own choices not so much uh you know putting pressure on corporations to do that exactly how would it be this giant oil giant's fault (laughs) at all that there's climate change now it's definitely all the people using their products they're the ones that are to blame yeah uh you know as we're always often told zach you make the change you know yeah be the change you want to see right yeah exactly which i mean like if that were the case, I would never use another British petroleum product. <laughs> right. Sometimes but we don't have a choice. Exactly. You have to get from point A to B. Uh, you have to heat your home in the winter, especially up closer to where I live. Uh, but, yeah. But anyways, I just thought it was interesting. Back in 2004, British Petroleum, they were they obviously knew that... Their image in the environment was going to be very 
much scrutinized with the work that they do. And they had this company to develop and basically run a public relations for them to make them seem better. And I mean, I can remember in like elementary school, I feel like I calculated my carbon footprint. I, I just have this memory of doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Did it, did they uh, say, um, which firm they use or did they use like a collection was, yeah. of firms? It was Ogilvy and Mather, which I Ogilvy don't have a whole Mather. lot on. Yeah, for some reason it sounds familiar to me, but I don't know if that's just. <laughs> and they're all kind of the same, right? Yeah, <laughs> they all have names like that too. Yep, but so I just want to bring this up also because I feel like this is a whole nother. Them saying they're going to net zero is their new carbon footprint, and we're going to get into that now. Uh, starting with this report uh so it's their net zero report uh came out march 2022 uh it's subtitled the ambition to action <laughs> which i don't know it wait, wait the ambition hype. to action <laughs> yeah <laughs> is that even a like a sentence that is possible in the english right. language Oh, from you know, ambition to action. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I butchered that a bit. No, no, no. You're good. You're good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm excited to see uh, how much action this involves. Right. Yeah. That's just, I want you to keep that in your mind, that they're they're making action. I mean, at least here. they admit it, it's kind of all ambition at this point. Right. Uh, and then some key people. I don't know how much of this they actually wrote. Uh, but they do have their name all over this document. Is I'm gonna butcher his name. Hel Helge Lund. He's the chairperson of BP. He's a career oil and gas guy. Uh, so been in the industry for a while. And then Bernard Looney is their CEO, who's also mentioned in this uh, report quite a few times. And he's actually had a full career with BP. He started. Started on the oil rigs and worked as something the like that. Yeah. yeah, he he did. He's he started definitely not. He started in the field. It seemed like more. Yeah. so. I just think that's interesting. I mean, these are career oil and gas guys. I just don't see that they're really truly trying to get to anywhere away from oil and gas yeah. which is what we really need i mean they're, they're company men get, right yeah right they're looking for profit. they're trying to get that rubber stamp on their company we're not zero but we're still producing right these terrible products so then getting into the intro of this report zach you know you're introducing your net zero report right uh you think this would be going out to a lot of people concerned with the environment uh people that are you know, environmentally conscious, right? You'd think so. Uh, so BP, they they go right in their intro. They say, oh, say dear shareholders. shareholders. <laughs> this is how they start this whole paper, uh, which I just really think sets the tone of how this whole thing should be looked at. <laughs> yeah, as, an, uh, as a marketing tool for investors. Right. right. Yeah. Exactly. So this is from the get-go. This is all about their profits. This is all about marketing their company, greenwashing their company as environmentally friendly. I read through the rest of the intro. Not a lot else to note except for the amount of times they said net zero ambition. <laughs> uh, 
so again, this is more just their ambition and we'll get to what little action they've gotten to. Uh, the whole, whole thing is based on these 10 aims uh, to that they're, the way they got to them is they call it their building blocks to net zero am- ambition. Yeah. Uh, so, and so they're I mean, looking. Sorry. Uh, go ahead. I mean, just the well, yeah, like like you, you said, the word ambition is just so dismissive. It feels like right, like it's not a commitment 100%. or anything like that. It's like we really want to do this. Well, <laughs> yeah. here's 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 how if this plan works out. I guess we might do it. But yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not a call to action. It's not we are doing this because it's the right thing to do. This is like, yeah. you know, this m- might be an idea. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're speaking to their shareholders, right? It's like, as long as it makes right. the shareholders money, this is their ambition. Uh, it's, they're not speaking to, you know, the public or, or anything like that, where, you know, then you would think they would be making a commitment or, you know, that would be, that would be the route that, would satisfy people at least exactly as you'd think but the building blocks that they use for this um to kind of come up with their net zero ambition is to support the paris goals uh which i thought was a pretty funny terminology uh which is they're trying to pursue uh efforts to limit temperature rise to 1.5 degrees celsius um, which is like a again, how old is that like seven years old as a very yeah, yeah. it's very old yeah the paris agreement that they came up with that it was 2015 yeah that right yeah i can't exactly remember yeah i think it was 2015 paris agreement so uh and again i don't really know how they're gonna really actually limit the temperature that much uh it's more of a worldwide effort but I mean, I guess they're shooting for the stars here. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then a lot of the rest of the building blocks are just what I'd call business like vocabulary that they slopped onto the page. Uh, so one of them is a clear strategy to deliver our aims and create long-term value. That it could not be less descriptive <laughs> if they tried. Like, yep. <laughs> that's insane. Robust governance for climate-related matters. It's about the same there, yeah. <laughs> for a just transition, and they they just keep going with this. Uh, it's that's the building blocks. So if I mean, if you're taking those as this is what they're building off of, uh, we're not in for a good run right. with the rest of the document. Another great good one is a capital investment framework consistent with the Paris goals. And it's just like I read these and I'm like, I feel like I'm not reading English. Like this is I mean, it's all just like corporate buzzwords and Right. You know, short, medium, uh, and long term targets and aims for emissions reductions. Yeah. yeah. They're thinking of the three phases, short, medium, exactly. and long. Those those are those are the three options you have. Uh but so then from there, it goes into uh, a bunch of different outlooks for BP energy. Uh, 
that I didn't really understand. So I kind of skipped over those a little bit, to be honest, and went on to their net zero aims is where I'd pick back up. Uh, so five of these aims are to get BP to net zero, and then the second five aims are to help the world to get to net zero. Oh, boy, <laughs> here we go. This is where we get into yep. it. Yep, this is where you're going to have a lot of fun, I think, Zach. So starting off, we're just going to start with aim number one is their net zero operations. So sounds pretty good. Uh, they're trying to get net zero across their entire operations by 2050 or sooner. How are you going to do this? Or how are they going to do this, you ask? Glad you asked. <laughs> they're going to do, they're going to focus on operational efficiency. So reducing their emissions, converting to renewables at their power plants, uh, refineries, things like that. The next one is carbon capture and sequester. Ooh. Uh, uh, we we know love that one. one. Going to get some wooden they're... chairs in their offices. <laughs> oh, you're going to love it, Zach. Don't just you wait. <laughs> and their last one is through pro portfolio optimization. Okay. So they're optimizing their investments. Yeah, well, so they're basically putting it on other people to do the work for them. Exactly. Or you'll see in this case, just not investing in things that they were going to in their own company. Okay. Uh, so, like, so how are they doing in this? Uh, first, with the operational efficiency, seems like uh, they've reduced from 41 megatons of carbon dioxide in emissions to so that was in 2019 to 33 megatons in carbon dioxide emissions to 2021 so in two years they dropped uh about 18 megatons not pretty bad. good that sounds good yeah uh but so you'd think right this is from well uh, Yep. Okay, yeah, I see that. Or 18, 18 or 8. It went from 41 to 33. Oh, yeah, I can't do math. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah, it's uh, a 20% reduction. A 20%. Yeah, yeah 8, 8 megatons. Okay. However, you would think a lot of this would be from their efficiency that they're doing in their operations and that. But from what I can tell, they're honestly drops in the bucket compared to their biggest uh, loss in uh, megatons of CO2, uh, which was 9.3 megatons of CO2 emissions by divesting in their operations in Alaska. So 9.3 megatons just by not operating in Alaska, they... Were able to reduce. Wait, so, well, so this, so they were operating and then they quit and then they reduced nine. Yep. Tons. Okay. okay. Yeah, they had a petrochemical business and and uh, up there. So that's they. Does that mean they basically they went up in other areas operations. then? If they if they dropped eight that's megatons, I, I was trying to figure this total? out. Yeah, it, yeah. I'm not quite sure how that math adds up. <laughs> that doesn't doesn't, sense, yeah, right? that doesn't seem like all that good of a job if, if 
they just basically stopped working in one place. Yeah. And like I said, a lot of the other ones are at their refineries and that. Uh, they're, they're like 36 kilotons of CO2 uh, just by making their plants more efficient, which I think is a good thing, but why didn't that happen before? Right. Uh, so like one of them I was looking at specifically, one of their offshore facilities, they reduced their emissions by 55 kilotons uh, in 2020 just by optimizing the efficiency of their water injection pump, which led to savings in fuel consumption. So I, I don't know, maybe technology advanced and or they just, I don't know. It just seems like not a whole lot. I mean, 55 kilotons, you need a thousand kilotons to make a megaton. Yeah. And that's about all of these operational uh, efficiencies that they came up or ended up doing. A lot of them also are, with the reduction of flaring at their well sites. Okay. So basically, basically nothing. (laughs) Like you said, they haven't really done a whole lot, especially if 9.3 megatons, we already know that's more and they went up in other areas more than likely. Uh And then, so I scoured this whole air air section on their first aim where they talked oh they'd like to do some carbon sequester or capture and sequester they talk about how they have this facility in uh, their tangu lng facility in indonesia and where they're progressing their gas recovery and cs ccs scheme to design to inject co2 back into the reservoir Uh, i thought the wording of that is pretty hilarious. They call it a <laughs> carbon capture sequester scheme. Scheme, yeah. Well, uh, wait, and, so they were. I'm sorry, I don't understand what they were doing. Really, I guess. Uh, so I'm as confused as you. This is the only paragraph in this whole section that talks about carbon ca- capture at all. That that's all they really talk. They're just going to use their facility in Indonesia and they're going to progress their enhanced gas recovery and carbon capture scheme to inject CO2 back into the reservoir. Interesting. I'd love to see just, the mechanics of that. Uh, yeah. And I think it's just hilarious. They're like, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're not going to tell you any other plans or how it's going or anything. Right. We're going to let Indonesia lead the way on our British petroleum <laughs> carbon capture right. technology. And I, I thought something interesting to think about with that too. It's like, why Indonesia? And in my head, I just have like, I don't know. I feel like it has to be because it's probably cheaper to do it there. If they're going to do carbon capture and sequester, it's probably a cheaper spot to do it. Yeah. Because we all kind of know it's expensive to do uh, carbon capture it's also just not really efficient or like zach said they're just churning it into work uh to wooden chairs and calling it good so that's really all i had for that first aim they haven't really hit any of their i don't it says they have uh, their performance and targets they say that they're at the 35 percent reduction 
I'm not convinced that a lot of these things are actually reducing and or helping. So this, um, it also looks like their 2021 performance is more than twice their 2020 performance. Is oh, that yes. referring to their emissions? It is. Um, but that's also a lot of their data in this document is extremely confusing. So that's cumulative. So that's including that 16% from 2020. Okay. Oh, what? This, man, these people need to fucking learn how to communicate information. Uh, just you wait till we get to some of the other sections on uh, how they skew their numbers, basically, in my opinion. So it looks like they're doing something. So we'll, from there, I don't really know how to wrap this one up, but besides the fact that I think they're skewing their numbers, uh, if they're planning on making some carbon capture to work, make the rest of the way, I don't really see how that's going to help or happen. Uh, and if they do use carbon capture, are they actually reducing any carbon or are they making wood chairs? Right. Are they... Is it meaningful? Are they going to reduce carbon in one area just to emit it in another area? Exactly. Moving right along, though, they all these aims are about exactly the same. So I just would like to keep it moving. I think this one also opens our eyes to a little bit more what they're thinking with this carbon capture scheme, as they called it. Uh, so this is their net zero production. This is their aim too. Uh, so what they're doing here, net zero across, net zero on an absolute basis across the carbon in our upstream oil and gas production by 2050 or sooner. So again, the actions they are taking for this, first one, portfolio optimization. <laughs> uh, always a great start to uh you know their goal is to just oh maybe we should either divest or you know have some other people do this for us <laughs> their portfolio um, we gotta look at their portfolio yeah <laughs> and then the other one other action that they're taking here zach is ccus have you heard of that uh is that I assume that's some kind of carbon capture utilization. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. Yeah. It's carbon capture, use, and sequester. So in my mind, this is what they're talking about in AIM-1, is they're, they're planning on doing carbon capture, but they want to use it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> which, as we know, that's just putting the carbon still into the environment in some way or another. Yeah, use... Use and storage to our equity gas in the production of blue hydrogen. So there, so yeah, they yep. are just using it in another fuel. Yep. Okay. And I didn't know what blue hydrogen is. Uh, I think you'll be excited to know it's hydrogen produced by forming reforming of natural gas or gasification of coal with CO two from carbon capture. So they're just gonna use it to make hydrogen, basically. Uh -huh. By still using gas and coal, though, as their building blocks. Yeah. Blue hydrogen sounds like in um, Glass Onion. Have you seen Glass Onion? 
yeah. on Netflix. It sounds <laughs> like the, the shit he was he was using to power it up. He's using to power that it. blew yeah. everything up. I think that's honestly what this stuff would do. It just seems like one of those things that okay, yes, you captured the carbon, you're using it, and it's producing hydrogen, right? Mm-hmm. That means that carbon, once that hydrogen is used, is going well, the hydrogen won't have it, but once they're done building that hydrogen, that carbon's either being admitted as an emission or it go, it's going somewhere. It doesn't just disappear right. after they use it to make this blue hydrogen. So I just feel like it's another one of those, oh, no, look, we, uh, we captured all this carbon, and they're going to use that to then pad their numbers as to, oh, we're at net zero production. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. I mean, it's a new fuel, right? Blue hydrogen. It's got to be yep, pretty uh, a lot to yet to learn about it. I would think. Uh, definitely, um, it it just seems like they're you know trying to, I'd say, tie all this stuff together so that way they it makes it look like they're doing a lot. But in reality, they're just doing it all to help, like, do the minimal amount. Because, like we said, they're talking about CSS up above, but then they didn't actually say what they're going to do with it until this slide. They're trying to Um, look good, yeah. And so you'll see that also in future slides, how they're basically using, they're just kind of breaking it up or pretending like they're making a change when it's actually this is just what you have to do right um and so to wrap i oh, guess the the one thing i want to point out about this about they call it net zero production right you would think the production they're referring to would be like electricity or something right that's kind of what comes yep. to mind when you think of oil and gas is like it's used for electricity they're talking about producing oil and gas <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this, like this net zero production the process of it is still producing oil and gas which are you know the biggest two greenhouse gases or the biggest greenhouse gas and uh yeah it's not like right it's not like they're coming up with new forms of energy or like or materials that burn cleaner or anything like that Right. It's the extraction process. Yeah. Even with that blue hydrogen, if they're using it for fuel or whatever, right? They're still using, as it said, uh, the natural gas or coal to produce it. So it's still a fossil fuel based hydrogen. Right. But to wrap this one up, their cumulative reduction in emissions um, from 2019 is 16% in 2021. Which they're trying to get to net zero by twenty fifty. Oh, buddy, they're on that. They're on a short clock, huh? They really set themselves up. <laughs> they did. So yeah, then we'll move on. This they're then going into their net zero sales. So again, this is kind of a confusing one. I don't know. This it one seems like... like it should be really easy, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> sales. You would think. Yeah, they want net zero across the energy products they sell by 2050 or sooner. Uh, So how are they doing this, of course? That's 
always the question, right? What are they doing? Uh, so they're going through bioenergy production. They're looking into EV charging and then renewable power and electricity sales to customers. So what they're looking into for bioenergy production is they'd like to begin producing or yeah, they aim to grow their bioenergy production to more than 100,000 barrels per day by 2030. So this is for their biofuels in that. Sounds kind of good, right? 100,000 barrels. That sounds like a lot of barrels. But when you actually look into it, BP produces 1.85 million barrels of oil per day in 2021. So this is a fraction of what they produce in oil not even a fraction (laughs) yeah yeah so it's like to me it's like this is just a feel-good thing they're not like by and that's by 2030 so they're 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 barely producing any as right now yeah um it's just again it just is a green a greenwashing effort i don't want to say that too much because i feel like i'd say it the entire episode but then going on to their EV charging, they're looking to install 100,000 EV charging point points. Um, so, again, I don't really feel like that's the best thing for them to really be doing. I, I mean, it's fine, sure. But until we have like a reliable energy source for those charge points, they're still being powered by fossil fuels that to produce electricity right it's coming from a power Um, plant yeah right so it's i don't know i I think it's probably good in the long run but i don't know it's not really a whole lot of a change yeah i mean the greening of the grid is kind of independent of this right so right I, i mean it's hard to say it's hard to say that this like makes any difference at all i would say uh, right. How how can they can just because it's electric doesn't mean that it's a net zero. Yeah. That elect, it's just silly. Uh, and then through their renewable power and electricity sales to customers, the way they want to do this, Zach, just like before when I was saying how they would like to optimize their portfolio, they might as well have said that again because what they're trying to do is invest in electricity generation. Uh, so they'd like to double their investment. So, in renewables, uh, they call it low carbon energy business, uh, which includes renewables and hydrogen. But if you kind of remember, we talked about blue hydrogen. I think that's more so where they're looking to invest this money is that blue hydrogen that isn't oh, okay. truly off of fossil fuels. Right. So. Like I always like to do with these is how are they doing? Um, since 2021, they've produced 5,000 barrels per day of their biofuel. Uh, in 2021, again, they've added 13,100 charge points. And then they've also had a 0% reduction in carbon intensity versus the 2019 baseline cycle. So this, again, is one of their skewy metrics that I think uh, they've made up. Basically, what carbon intensity is, is the average of greenhouse gas emissions per unit of energy delivered. 
So I don't know about you, but that seems like a great way to easily skew your numbers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. This so, is kind of a funny table, uh, especially their bioenergy section. Did you see that? Yeah. <laughs> operational biorefineries. In 2021, they had none. But by, yep. but, but what does that say? By 2030, they're planning to have up to two. <laughs> up to two. Like, give or take, you know, maybe one. Yeah, nine <laughs> years later, they'll have up to two. Yeah, it's it, this is a very goofy table. Uh, Same with standalone I mean, bio plants. That's so good. Like, we're going to have three. <laughs> they're really like pushing that. That's such time. a weird number. Yeah. Yeah, but if you uh, look, so they have their, the next page, it says they're their progress and targets they've had a zero percent reduction in their carbon intensity which they're trying to get to net zero they're at zero out of that goal completely because i just feel like that number basically means so i could emit the most emissions the world has ever seen as long as i'm delivering power right (laughs) there really hasn't been really any reductions at all across any of those right so it's just like i feel like they had to i don't know i feel like that's one of the ones i'm surprised they didn't screw with it and say like oh yeah we've done like 20 percent of this this is just for sales right right yeah oddly oddly enough that's the own so we talked about that slide before or the page before that talked about sales that's the only one that doesn't have one of those Dumb little graphs that are comparing performance. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's just like, I don't even know. They, they're they just shooting themselves in the foot, this whole paper. Yeah, definitely not as impressive as they're making it seem. Right. And it seems like they're nowhere near. I mean, they have less than 30 years now. to. They're hoping to get 5% reduction by 2025. And they've done zero. They actually went backwards because they said in 2020, they actually had a less than 1% reduction. (laughs) So (laughs) they went back to zero there. So I think that's all I had for this aim. So that was aim number three. So then we're going on to aim number four, which is their aim to reduce methane. Uh, So they're, how they're kind of broke this down is they're installing methane measurement at all of our existing major and gas processing sites by 2023, publish the data and then drive a 50% reduction in methane intensity of our operations. So on face level, sounds like a pretty good thing. Methane is way worse than CO2, right? Uh-huh. I just first I'm thinking, why don't they have these measures in place already? <laughs> yeah, they don't why even have not... methods of measurement installed. Right. So we just have so they don't have any of this technology put in place already. And then I also thought it was interesting because isn't methane isn't a huge byproduct i mean it is one of the byproducts of oil and gas production right Mm -hmm. 
It's, but when you come to think of it, it's more so in like farms, uh, like landfills, like through, right? Yeah. Farming, landfills, all of those operations. So I just am like, I can't. It's just weird to me. I get that it is a problem and it is worse than CO2 by far. So it's good that they're monitoring it. But I'm like, huh, that's kind of interesting that they're making this one of their main focuses. Right. And so yet again, they have another one of their made up data points for how they're doing at this uh, currently. Uh, So kind of weird first off that they have data because apparently they don't have the equipment to test but i guess from what they have they've had a 0.07 percent methane intensity so basically again what that means it's the amount of emissions versus the total gas that goes to market so they're they're emitting that much compared to what they capture for their product okay exactly yeah so it's just it just makes it so confusing. So it's not again, it's one of their goofy measurements. Again, it's not that great 0.07% uh methane intensity and their target for 2025 is point point 0.2 which is I believe I see this this data confuses me a little bit. I think that's worse. That yeah, all of these comparisons of their performance to their targets, <laughs> it makes like the, it's not explained anywhere because the targets are always higher than the performance. Yeah, right? so I I think that their target for twenty twenty five is a worse methane intensity. <laughs> so yeah, the, I mean, okay, so they already achieved it. Goal achieved, right? Is that what they're trying no, to say? No, because no, th- no, they're trying to say that they're going up. I think they're going <laughs> they're, up. They're, they're, that that's their plan. They're going to have more methane oh. produ- or <laughs> emissions. Okay, I think it is technically achieved, but I guess they're predicting it to go up, or maybe yeah, like you said, they're trying to say, oh yeah, goal achieved. But yeah, they're know. way it's... ahead of the curve. I think that's what I mean. That's what it <laughs> seems like they're trying to say to me. If that's, I mean, right. if then. If they are, then why haven't they moved their target? It, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Why are exactly. they still publishing this dumbass target? That's more than double what their performance is right now. Yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense. From there, we'll go to their final aim for getting P- BP to net zero. And you don't have to read too far into this one to find out that this is literally just them saying... This is the amount of money that we are putting in to do those past four things we're talking about. This is the capital <laughs> investment part they're talking about. Right. Yeah. So this is just as much money as they're spending to do those other four things. It's not really that they're, I don't know. It's just kind of, it's funny. It's like they're patting themselves on the back. See, we put this much money in mm-hmm. to get towards those goals already. Uh, so by twenty. 30 they're trying to have 5 billion spent or in capital expenditure uh towards getting themselves to net zero i feel like this is just not like a real i i, I don't know they're making goals right uh-huh. but their goal this goal is just showing how much money they spent i don't know i yeah. feel like it's this is not how like 
businesses operate in the U.S. either. They look right. like number one is return on investment. Are they going to make money 100%. from these investments? Um, so I guess if the, I mean I don't know. Are there are there like profits and margins uh, published publicly? I mean they're a publicly traded company, you know. Uh, yeah, they are. Uh, I'm not sure if they're actually showing how profitable any of this stuff is. In I haven't. I, I don't think it's in this document at yeah. least. I mean, the only way that I would believe them on any of this, you know, capital investment stuff is if they made it known that they lost money basically because of these decisions. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it's. I feel like that's kind of what they're doing is saying. Look, we spent in 2021 $2.2 billion. Like, look, we spent the money. We did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it could, because it's basically the only the only meaningful type of climate action that an oil and gas company can can, you know, make is to not produce as much oil and, oil gas. and gas. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, it's just this whole slide, I was just like, there's just not even really a whole lot to say, but they spent $2.2 billion, and I think they're trying to show, look, look at look at us. We spent this much. We're so good. Two point and we're going to do billion. F- yeah. $5 billion in 2030. You're going to oh. double it by seven, or I guess, is this from 2021? Uh, 22. 22, okay, it is 22. Of, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I guess if they got 2021 numbers. And again, they always throw in their buzzwords. So for this one, they also say that their investment is going to be in low carbon investment, which I just feel like it's like, well, you're still, again, on the carbon train. You're not getting away from that. Blue hydrogen, baby. It's the future. <laughs> um, it's going to be shoved down our throats. It is. It's, we're going to, that'll be our new carbon footprint yeah you must drink the blue hydrogen but that wraps it up for how bp is getting to net zero uh zach i'd like to hear your thoughts on all this what you I, how, how do you think they're gonna do i think with, with these goals in mind yeah i think um i mean what does i like we talk about carbon capture and storage before like like mm-hmm. what does net zero even mean at that point you know what i mean exactly that's kind of where i am at with with all this you know uh corporate lingo um because it's not doing any good to you know sequester carbon in (laughs) in wooden chairs or, or whatever like we talked about right if you're still putting it into the atmosphere Exactly. The the whole thing with carbon capture that doesn't work is that it's going somewhere. It, if they're pumping it down into a reservoir, that reservoir can leak, uh, and then that CO2 is still getting produced. But yeah, like you said, this is a lot of corporate lingo, a lot of a lot of big words that that are trying to. I feel like they're trying to paint the green picture onto BP, and it really. From all of that we just talked about, I have no idea what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> Besides, right. we, we threw a little bit of money at making ourselves net zero. Right, right. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, this is all this is to me is like a an ESG marketing presentation. <laughs> right. So now I'd like to move on to helping the world get to net zero, which let me tell you, Zach, if you liked those goals and aims from the first uh, from getting BP to net zero, you're going to love these ones. Yeah, I mean, BP is really well known for helping the world uh, and, you know, like Gulf of Mexico marine life. They're very helpful of, uh, you know, the earth, of course, earth generally. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, you know, BP, charitable organization. They're a big charity nonprofit, right? Yeah. So their first aim is advocating. <laughs> That's what they title it. For aim six, they're more actively advocating for policies that support net zero, including carbon pricing. I thought that was hilarious when I first read it because in 2020, they were actively campaigning for, at the time, President Trump to weaken these climate safeguards on new oil and gas projects in the U.S. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I guess now they decide they want to advocate for the planet, but not in 2020. I, uh, I assume quite uh, there yet. I assume, you know, the words supporting carbon pricing don't really mean what <laughs> what they would appear to mean. Uh, uh, so that was a new one for me, too. Um, I didn't know carbon pricing, but it is just carbon tax, basically. Okay. It's just another word for it. Um, but again, that we've kind of talked about that in the past, how carbon tax is a good idea on paper, but when it comes to implementing it, it is a hard, very hard to track and enforce uh, a carbon tax. Yeah, not so effective either. Uh, and then here through in this big jumble of words, I thought this was a pretty interesting little paragraph I'm just going to read to you. Uh, we have stopped corporate reputation advertising campaigns, and this is enabling us to redirect resources to promote well-designed climate policies in future. <laughs> in future, <laughs> in future, any corporate advertising will be to advocate for progressive climate policy, communicate our net zero ambition, invite ideas, or build collaborations. What? Okay, so they stopped. <laughs> Corporate reputation advertising. So they stopped, which which means like they're stopped, they're done patting their some themselves on the back on cable. Which this whole thing is right, patting themselves <laughs> on the back. But okay, uh, so they're going to advocate for a progressive climate policy. Okay, well, how? Okay, so communicate our net zero ambition. That's also what they're doing here, right? So that's this document. I'm guessing is. So they achieved that part too, right? Yep. Yeah, they're pretty good at this. Honestly, Zach, if you write your own goals, it's really easy to make them. I really like invite ideas. (laughs) Not come up with ideas. Or not like... Honestly, we should maybe send them some ideas. Yeah, yeah. Well, they are sending us an invitation here. But I'm not a shareholder, so can I really? (laughs) Oh, shoot. Man, I, I would invest, but... I have divested from uh, all oil and gas, so my net zero ambition is pretty good right now. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll wait for them to reach out to us directly. They probably will. Yeah, I expect it. Uh, 
Also, in this section, Zach, you'll notice that their progress is missing completely. Uh, they don't have one of those sections here. I don't even know how you uh, they, measure advocacy. Right. <laughs> like it's it's the most like abstract thing we've talked about so far. Absolutely. That that's this whole section. It's like, how, what do you mean? Like you were advocating? Like okay, I don't know. It's so abstract. Yeah. It just. And again, it's something that we have known them to advocate against in the past. So why are we going to take their word that they're going to advocate now for the planet over their profits? Yeah, yeah. like you said, I'm, I'm looking through these pages now. Pretty much this whole helping the world thing is just abstract, like posturing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're going to love this next one also. Uh, we're just going to move right into it. Uh, aim seven is incentivizing employees. So through this, they're looking to incentivize our global workforce to deliver on our aims and mobilize them to become advocates for net zero. What does that mean? <laughs> uh, so once you read this whole page, which I'm not going to have you do, what it means is bonuses for the upper management. No way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so one, of, <laughs> oh one of the quotes is they're going to incentivization is how they're going to reach this. So, right. So our annual bonus for all employees, all eligible employees, including the BP leadership team has been linked to a sustainability measure since 2019. So what that means is if you're an eligible employee or the leadership team, a.k.a. the CEO, right. <laughs> the VPs, Executives, uh, yeah. CFOs, you are eligible. Uh, they also break down that only 22,000 of their about 70,000 employees are eligible. And in my head, I'm like, that is more than likely their upper management. You said, wait, well, yeah. It was what out of 70,000? 22,000 out of 70,000. 22,000. So that's okay. like a quarter yeah. of their employees. Yeah, that's like, what? <laughs> uh, and I just feel like it's in my head when I read this, I just was thinking of like the guy in Flint, Michigan, drinking the water out of the the dirty yeah. water in Flint, Michigan, like, this is great. Yeah. I feel like that's basically this. Like, we're having their CEO. Net zero is great. And then in reality, they're still out there mining coal and producing oil. Right. Yeah. Producing gas. It's, it's so. So this is just saying bonuses are tied to environmental performance. Is that what all this is really saying? A hundred percent. And. From what I can tell, it's, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how many employees they have per manager, but right. I don't know, four or so sounds kind of like that could be about, right? Yeah. So the what uh, I'm familiar with from corporate manufacturing is a bonus is tied to a lot of different things, but mainly how well the division or, or whatever section of the company you're in performs um right so that can include like 
certain environmental things, waste and things like that. But that's not mm-hmm. going to be the only thing. I guarantee it. I mean, it's 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 not going to be like if you don't hit your goal, then you you cut it in half or cut your would be bonus in half or anything like that. It's going to be a very small percentage right. of what that bonus is. Yeah, and they they actually break down in here kind of how like let's say for your section. Okay. I see that now. Yeah. Yeah. Like what the measures they're setting out. Uh, One is safety and sustainability. Um, So obviously that's 30%. Yeah. Let me save you some time. Sustainability (laughs) is 15% of of, Of all of that. (laughs) Yep. Uh, Then the rest is operational performance. So if you're doing your job basically in that is 20%. And then financial performance, 50%. So you bring in the money, they're going to give you more money. Uh, Not really anything to do with getting them to net zero. They don't really care about that. They just want to make money. Yeah, and we'll see if this is like an official policy also. (laughs) I mean, we we probably won't see, but (laughs) this is just what they're saying. So then, yeah, we're going to move on to number eight. Because this one, I again, I'm just lost on. They it is aligning associations, so their aim eight is to set new expectations for our relationships with trade associations around the globe. Oh man, I love my oil and gas trade associations. Can't (laughs) wait! I can't wait to see them align on fighting climate change. (laughs) Right, exactly. You know, that's that's definitely what we need. But so in this again, it's a whole lot of garbage uh one of the things that i pulled out it'll make a case for our views on climate change with associations we belong to and we will be transparent where we differ and when we can't reach our reach alignment we are prepared to leave (laughs) yeah i bet (laughs) they're really putting their foot down obviously from that they then go on to or talk about how and to promote that they were part of the American Petroleum Institute that then went on to support direct federal regulation of methane, which, again, I thought this is weird. They're picking out methane of all things, like the Petroleum Institute. Right. Uh, so at this point, I was like, that's so weird. Why wouldn't they be? I, I, if you're pushing yourselves towards net zero, carbon emissions you know you're reducing your emissions it's why is methane one of the uh, yes it's worse for the environment but it is less of a byproduct for you yeah it's kind of that one of those things are like sacrificing a little just to 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 gain some you know an attempt to gain some respect of, of people who actually have feel they have a moral obligation to things right um, yeah, so at that point, though, I, uh, when I was doing this, I was like, that's so weird. So then I looked, like, where do top methane emissions come from? And as we talked, it's landfills, dairy manure, dairy and trick, which is their farts and their burps. And then <laughs> so those three made up for about about 65% of the methane emissions. And this is in California. Uh, mm-hmm. I was looking. And then oil and gas extraction was only 5% of this. Yeah. So 
I, I just feel like this is them going, see, look. That it's them. It is not us. It's the landfills. Right. It's the livestock. Or yeah. Or they're they're like yeah. We'll do our part. For, right. But we don't play a very big part. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Where it's yeah. They're they're just pointing the finger on someone else, trying to shift that blame. Again, I want you to remember that carbon footprint. They they're trying to push it onto someone else. They're trying to make it look like it's not them. They are not the issue. Yeah. So then we're going to move on to aim number nine and them being a transparency leader. Uh, they want to be recognized as an industry leader for transparency of our reporting, which I honestly thought that's a great idea. If they're more transparent with what's happening, you know, what their emissions are, what how much oil is being extracted. So that way, Zach can look at the data and say, you know what? I agree with what they're reporting, you know, like this 19% carbon intensity or whatever, or I disagree by what this data is actually saying. Yeah. Um, seems like a good idea. However, in their 2021 report that they have out, I went and looked at that a little bit. They have about a half a page on how their net zero goals are going, uh, which is a lot of what we've kind of been talking about. They had, one and a half pages on greenhouse gas emissions and energy, a page and a half on safety, which is injuries, deaths, things like that. Two pages on the environment, which was spills, water usage, air emissions, and waste. And then they had three whole pages on social, which ended up being things like the age of their employees, the gender of their employees, who's leaving the company, things like that. And, I was just like, I feel like the the page on the environment with spills, water usage, air emissions, waste, each of those could have been at least a page, if not more, of things. Yeah. And same with the greenhouse gas emissions and energy. It was only a page and a half. They, they have more on who works at BP in this report than anything else. And if that's not bad enough, most of the categories were only one year they had data for. So they don't have any data for any of the other years. These are completely new things that they're looking at. And you'd hope maybe it's just like the social stuff that they're missing. No, it's a lot of their emissions. It's a lot of different water usage uh, wastes. They only have one year that they have any idea of how much. Mm. So... This one I'm I'm torn on because it seems like a good thing, could be a good thing. I'd like to see a little bit more on, I'm sorry, I don't care who works at BP at the end of the day. Right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'd like to there's... see more of what they're actually doing to the planet. Yeah. Yeah. Like we talk about marginalized groups sometimes. It's good for them to have jobs, but at the end of the day, right. I don't really care if it's at BP or not. <laughs> <laughs> exactly so then from there i'm just gonna get into their last goal or aim is to clean cities and corp corporates uh so they want to launch a new team to create in integrated clean energy and mobility solutions so this actually did happen they launched it in 2020 and to be honest they have their progress to date and this is about how all of them are. I'll read just one of them I summarized. They signed a memorandum of understanding with Aberdeen in Scotland. 
to explore the possibility to reduce emissions and lower air and noise pollution from vessels arriving there. What's Aberdeen? Uh, it's just a port in Scotland. Oh. But they're they're going to explore the possibility. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <right>. uh... <laughs> I'm just like, so this means nothing. They signed this memorandum of understanding that they're going to think about it. They're going to think, of, they're going to, uh, we'll see what we can do to reduce yeah. these emissions. Memorandum like, of no, understanding. It's just, I was just like, holy cow. Uh, another one they did they did was in 2020. They deepened their relationship with Amazon, another oh, great wonderful. planet yeah. uh, for the planet company to support each other in their ambitions to reduce <laughs> emissions and help customers reduce theirs. Oh, my God. <laughs> so isn't that just great? They're going to help us reduce our emissions, Zach, because we are the problem. Yet again. Yeah, what the hell? It's like, <laughs> there's probably no, like, bigger model of just, like, consumerist waste than Amazon. <laughs> right. I mean, like, if you're talking about, I mean, but they will they will have, you know, electric fleets by 2050 or whatever the hell they said. Yeah. yeah. It, it's just, basically, this whole thing is, we're going to pretend like we're helping amazon and they're helping us and actually not do a damn thing right that is their final goal to help get the world to net zero and kind of where the this report kind of ends there i would say a lot of it goes then into talking about shareholder values and things like that that i didn't really think pertain to what we're talking about tonight but just to wrap it up, Zach, I would just like to hear your thoughts on how BP is about to change the world now that uh, uh, they have set yeah. these goals. <laughs> I mean, this is, I mean, most of these last five or however many they were that we talked about yep. for the world, pretty meaningless, right? Besides, mm-hmm. you know, I think transparency, like you said, is would be a good thing to see. But that's not changing the world. That's like, quote unquote, leading by example or whatever, right? Right. Uh, that's not like working with other industries or anything to to reduce emissions. Uh, mm-hmm. I got I got a lot of doubt about the uh, ability to align their oil and gas trade associations, or you know their their sincerity in which they advocate for, for climate action government climate action uh and, and and some other ones are just kind of like insulting right like incentivizing employees based on sustainability metrics 15 percent right. of their bonus right i mean like <laughs> it's not it's hard to take that seriously um, exactly i mean at the end of the day well, as long as you make a lot of money and that's just gonna... <laughs> and that's the thing that has to come top down sustainability has to be like top of the organization driven down um and honestly that's what they're trying to portray is that this so that i mentioned at the beginning bernard looney they're trying to portray him as this i'm here to fix bp <laughs> yeah bring but, bp into the, like the 21st century or whatever right 
Yeah, but it's just he's been working at BP his entire life. He is in oil and gas for the long haul. Yeah. Um, and I, this the reason I started this whole episode with the carbon footprint that they started in 2004. I just feel like this is net zero is their new carbon footprint. They're going to show how good they're doing towards net zero. When in reality, it's things like producing a hundred thousand barrels of of biofuel compared to their almost 2 million barrels of oil. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the whole idea of net zero by 2050 or whatever it's, it's kind of like mm-hmm. it's a, it's leaves enough room to either move the goalposts or change the narrative of of what's possible or not when it comes to actually being carbon I don't even want to say carbon neutral cuz <laughs> it, it's not it's yeah. not carbon neutrality yeah. <laughs> I don't have too many more thoughts. I, I just want to remind everybody that obviously this this report they started it with dear shareholders. So again, that's this is their their new way to get BP to make some more money. Um, yeah, this shifting is shifting the blame. This is getting their foot in the ESG door, or you know, right. just trying to cement themselves in that world. Exactly. This is their, their new greenwashing um, to make BP green company when there's just no, I'm sorry, but there's no way an oil and gas company can become green. Right. Uh, well, this was a great episode, Nick. Thank you for uh, yeah. bringing hope, this to us and explaining it for as all well. of us. Yep. Yeah. Hopefully broke down this report a little bit more digestible form for everybody. Absolutely. It was great to hear. And if anyone has any suggestions for stuff like this that they'd like broken down in the future, let us know. Yep. Well, Nick will be continuing kind of on this uh, path with corporate greenwashing and, and, uh, you know, hypocrisy i guess right is that what you would yeah call it? absolutely yeah <laughs> yep exactly uh i'd also like to do a couple maybe like a micro episode like hey this company's actually doing a good thing yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh but i start with a few of these to you know call them out a little bit yep so next month at some point nick will be doing that probably in four weeks from now i suppose yeah, something like that. We'll try and do these monthly. And Zach, you'll be having yours coming up here soon yeah, as well. Two in your in, series. You want to explain that to the people? Yeah. So in two weeks, I'll be starting my series on corporate front groups. And I am going to be covering first the report coming from the U.S. Right to Know organization. They um, published a report on front groups as they relate to glyphosate and the kind of battle of public opinion over glyphosate. I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, It's called, in case anybody wants to to look it up beforehand, it's called Merchants of Poison from the U.S. Right to Know. 
yeah, I'm really excited for that as well. Uh, be interesting to actually delve deep into some of these groups. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, you know, after we kind of get through that, that's, that's going to be a bit of a background episode. I'll go into more current things as I see them posted. I mean, they're they're at it all the time with their corporate science and and whatnot. Uh, but then again, uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, and follow us on all our social media, Poison for Profit on Twitter. Uh, send us an email, poisoned4profit at gmail, I yep. believe it is. We're on the gram now. Yep. We're on the gram. It's poisoned, the number four, profit underscore because they didn't let me get the damn name i wanted (laughs) we'll have to buy that once we start uh making some money off these episodes (laughs) yeah and um youtube hopefully soon not yet not yet but in in the works we're trying to figure out a good format for that Um, yeah hopefully we'll get our full episodes on there anyways it's been a pleasure Thank you, Nick, and we will talk to everybody next time. All right, now your company's taking quite a beating by many people, many of the public, many people on TV. Um, Has it been fair? Well, Greta, I know that oil companies are not uh, not popular, and it's been that way for some time in the U.S. Um, I think, uh, and everyone is devastated by what's happened today, and I think... uh, I think I would look at some of the process today as just making sure that um, th- through that sentiment, we don't actually shoot the dog who's trying to bring home the bone and meet its obligations all across the Gulf. And we're going to be there a long time. Be there a long time. Be there a long time. Be there a long time.